G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast here, chatting everything AFL fantasy after the round eight teams were revealed. There wasn't as much carnage or as many curveballs thrown our way this round, but there were still a few noteworthy things that need to be talked about. I threw out a public service announcement saying that I was doing this pod, so I got hit up with plenty of questions on Twitter and a few on Insta, so I will answer them at the back half of this podcast, but... Without further ado, let me dive into all the noteworthy news from Round 8 team selection. There are two big names that are the big talking points after Round 8 team selection. And the first one comes in a player that we all expected to come back into the side, but has not got up from injury. And that is Lockie Whitfield. He... Will not play on the weekend against Hawthorne. The Giants haven't brought him into their extended squad, which will be trimmed tomorrow at around 3 o'clock WA time. So, yeah, big news for the Giants camp. A lot of people held Lockie Whitfield because, let's be honest, he's one of the form players along with Travis Boak from the first quarter of the season. So I can see a lot of the reason why people would want to hold him. I was in the trade-out camp. I know it sounds like a masterstroke now, but because they had to make two flights, I was a bit sceptical over whether he could instantly return after one week, and it did sound like a pretty bad cork. So for that reason, I was leaning towards trade. If he held Whitfield, it's not a terrible idea to hold him moving forwards. He's going to be back most likely the week after this, but there's no guarantees, but he'll be back soon. If you've got ample bench cover, then I think it's the wise move to hold on to him. There's nothing wrong with trading him, but I think the wise move is considering you held him, you got to ride it out. The other big name under an injury cloud right now is Patrick Dangerfield, who has been named in Geelong's outfit to take on North Melbourne, but Chris Scott, I'm pre- pretty sure it's Chris, not Brad, uh, the coach against each other, actually, the brothers, but Chris Scott has said that he will not rule out the fact of Danger missing the game. He's going to give him every chance to get up, but they'll make the final decision on Saturday with the game coming on Sunday. So, yeah, it's going to be tricky to come up with a bulletproof plan for Dangerfield this week. Personally, he's someone that's in my team. He's in almost everyone's team, about 70% of the comp from memory. But he is someone that I'll hold this week. And the reason I will hold him is because I have someone like Willem Drew who I can swing onto my field in my forward line. He's been floating around my midfield, and with Tom Atkins around, I can get a little bit fancy. So for that reason, I think I'm going to hold Danger. I'm not fully committed to the move, but if you can get to two decent dudes, or you can it lands you Trav Boak, there's nothing wrong with trading Dangerfield. Similar to Whitfield, though, he's someone that's probably going to need to be in our sides in the back half of the season after the buys, or even before then if you can get them. So yeah, I can definitely see both sides of the argument. I'm leading to holding danger because of my strength on my bench and the rookies and a couple of dudes I can play. But he does, for just for the record, in round nine play in Geelong and then has to fly to the Gold Coast for round 10. So the flight might not be as much of a concern with danger considering he's dealing with a knee and 14 other bloody injuries. But yeah, I will hold danger this week and uh, I would advise you to do a similar thing. A lot of coaches were very happy to see a downgrade target named, but it wasn't really the one that we thought. There'd been some talk of Braden Hand coming back into Essendon's side, and after a pretty decent performance in the VFL, he's done just that. They play on Friday night, so if you do want to bring him in, there's no doubt over him. Well, I mean, there could be doubt, but you'll know the final teams before full lockout, so nothing wrong with snagging him. Again, like I said, he had a pretty decent game on the weekend, took 10 marks with about 20 touches, had a 103 
against Geelong's VFL side. Just quickly on that note, the top player in that VFL game was Charlie Constable, who will not play this round, even though he's included in their extended squad, it seems unlikely. But Chris Scott has said he'll play some games in the back half of the year. So, yeah, Ham is a 189 forward, who a 189k forward. So a lot of coaches will try and chase him and look to get him. Not a bad choice, and honestly, someone that I'm considering at the moment because it gives me just a little bit of extra money to confirm my Trav Boak trade. I could, again, like I've talked about, do danger, but we were happy to see Ham included. No Brendan, uh, no Hugh Goddard, sorry, not Brendan. It'd be nice if we could have Brendan Goddard. No Hugh Goddard in Carlton's outfit. They did name Will Setterfield, though. So those coaches that held on to him, you've got a perfect potential Patrick Dangerfield replacement. So that's very nice to see, along with Matty Cruiser, who... We'll have to go up against Brody Gundy, most popular captain this week, most likely. So there are a few other nuts and bolts from team selection. We did see that Corbett, Ainsworth, Hayes, a lot of those popular young rookies held their spots. And it was good to see that Lockie Young from the Bulldogs held his spot, even with Matthew Suckling being named back in. So that is promising. Ainsworth, who I keep calling Ainsworth. I do realise his name's Ainsworth, or I think it's Ainsworth. The Brisbane young bloke, he held his spot with Bailey and Harris Andrews coming in. So solid news for uh, rookie fronts out there. Again, like I said in my podcast earlier in the week and I talked about in my Dream Team Talk article, there aren't a ton of downgrade targets and I'll address a few of them in the Q&A. But yeah, it's a bit of a tough time, hence the reason I'm leaning towards someone like Ham. But there are a few options out there. Also from Port Adelaide, we did see that Zach Butters was omitted from their side-to-face Adelaide in the showdown. We know already that Ollie Wines is injured, and that's kind of why I have faith in fielding Willem Drew this week. Michael Voss has said that Willem Drew will virtually slot straight back into that role that he played the first couple of weeks without Wines in the side. So hopefully Drew can get to a 75-plus. I'm not going to get too greedy, honestly. I'll be happy with him scoring par, considering... He uh, hasn't been lighting the world on fire lately, but he's been getting a lot of tackles, which is a good sign. He's going to be around the footy a lot, so I'm expecting good things from him. One last one, Brent Bewley is named in for his extended bench. I don't think he'll play. Probably not worth trading in until he is named, and Connor Blakely wasn't even named in their extended squad, so it's a tough side to crack into at the moment, so we hopefully we'll see Bewley in the second half of the year. Similar could be said for Nick Hind, who some people thought might come in for Hunter Clark this week, but hasn't. Both of them only put up 80s in their uh, reserve comps last week, so hopefully we can see them sooner rather than later. But yeah, I think they're still a few rounds away. All right, let's get into some Q&A very quickly. Thank you to those people that reached out on Twitter and Insta. First one, someone asked on the Twitter sphere, Visolate asks, Ham or Corbett? I assume this is a downgrade target. Personally, I think Corbett, because of his job security, he's someone that I told everyone to get in over Larky because he's got a better fantasy game about him. And he went and had seven marks against West Coast, much like I thought. And I think he is someone that will probably earn a little bit more money. The fact that Ham's just come into the side makes me question his job security. So Corbett gets the tick of approval there. Craig asked Libba to either Trelaw, Fife, Merritt or Boak. And this is a really good question. A lot of people are going up this week and they're tempted by the potential chance of landing a big dog midfielder or securing Trav Boak. And I'm all in the Travis Boak camp. Someone I'm getting into my side this week, he is technically the form player of the competition. And even if he goes dishing up a few 90s, he has shown in the past, 
over the, a six-week span. It's a decent enough sample size, but he's in a different type of form this year. So I'm leaning towards Boak. If you had to pick a midfielder out of that group, I think Merritt and Trelaw are the ones to split between. And considering Trelaw will be playing without Taylor Adams and has had some monstrous scores in the past without him, I'm going to give Trelaw the edge over Zach. Nick McKinnon asked, who is the best downgrade target, Young, Moore, or Corbett? And again, I think aside with Corbett here, I don't really trust Young. He had a pretty bloody good game on the weekend. He scored a 67, but he's, again, been a bit in and out of the side. Should be solid. Uh, I don't know. they got the Giants this weekend, so, you know, maybe expect a sub-50. But, yeah, I think going for Corbett, not only do you save a bit more money, but I think he's got maybe the best job security. Again, it's good to see that Lockie Young held his spot with um, Matthew Suckling being named, and he's a good one as well, but there's 60 grand difference between him and Corbett, and how often have you gone to make a trade and you've been less than 10 grand short? So for that reason, I would side with Corbett, especially if it's just for your bench. Nathan asks, thoughts on Yo-Yo as an option? Can he make 100 average for the year? Well, if he plays more games like he did on the weekend, then he should eclipse triple figures pretty quickly. He's averaging 94 on the season, so... That's saying something considering he just added 146 to his total, but sometimes you got to risk it to get the biscuit. Like I said in the other episode, uh, my mate Chris Tassel brought him in and uh, that shot him up to second overall. So you got to take a gamble. Someone that I probably wouldn't take a punt on, even though he is priced in the mid 600 grand mark, so he can save a lot of money potentially by going to him. I think it's too much of a risk. He's only had a few really good games this year, but again... Fortune usually does uh, favour the bold, so go for it if you want, but uh, not my cup of tea. David Furmark asks, Libba and Danger to Caleb Daniel and Guthrie. It leaves him with enough cash to turn Horn Durs into Gaff and a rookie next week. That's it's a good uh, couple of trades by the sounds of it. Libba and Danger to Daniel and Guthrie. So Caleb Daniel is someone that I do really like the look of, but I'm a bit hesitant on this Cam Guthrie train. He has played last week without Constable, the week before without Joel Selwood, potentially this week without Dangerfield, but I do wonder how he will score when all those dudes come back into the side. He could probably push or knock on the door for a top eight, a top six defender, sorry, but I yeah, I think it's a bit too risky. It's a probably a good move in the sense of you getting Libra off your field and you're getting two good dudes, so I kind of give it the tick of approval there, but as I've said before, I'm in the whole Patrick Dangerfield camp. So nothing wrong with those moves. Again, try to plan uh, moves for next week, like getting Hor and Durs to Gaff and a rookie. Never comes to fruition because uh, we'll always get something thrown up that'll change our trade plans a week in advance. So try not to make too many milestone plans. But yeah, I think... Oh, God. Yes, do it. Why not? Sambo700 asked, Fife or Merritt? Now, I think Zach Merritt could be the sec- the best player, fantasy player in the competition over the next couple of weeks. He's got a reasonably solid fixture coming up. He's starting to look like the Zach Merritt of old. I still kind of side with Adam Trelaw because we've seen him score in such a high capacity before and when Taylor Adams is out of the side, we all know it's basically game over. It's a 120 plus, or at least the potential to be 120 plus every week. Merritt has the Swans this week, followed by Richmond, Fremantle, and Carlton going into his bye. So there's a huge month of form, and for that reason, if you're tossing up between Merritt or Fife, I'd side with Zach Merritt. James Howe wants to know, do I hold danger and risk Petrocelli or Corbett as an emergency, or trade either down to Ham and Zeeble? Jack Zeeble's someone that is actually on my radar, but 
Two good games doesn't warrant enough of a trade-in. It's a very small sample size, and there was something that I read about Brad Scott talking about Zebul playing a very specific role this week. I don't think you can chance it yet, and uh, I think holding danger, like I said, if you've got good cover, is the right move, but considering he's a very high chance not to play, if you can get rid of potentially Petrocelli or Corbett score on your field, then you do it. You trade danger down, and you get... A decent player and then you use that money to throw it on top of someone else so that you're not just fielding a spud because who knows maybe Patrick Dangerfield will miss two weeks there's no certainty and all the people who held Lockie Whitfield are now kicking themselves so for that reason I think holding danger with a Petrocelli and Corbett probably not worth it but if you got someone like Drew or Myers like I do then I think it's worth a gamble which forward rookie under 240k Luke Giblet asks Ham, Lewis, Moore, Larky or Taylor? Oh, that's a tough one. Not a, not a whole lot to pick from there. I think Ham, only because we've seen him score all right for Essendon before. And like I said, best on ground in the VFL. Kind of tends me to believe he'll be in for a longer stint this time around. All those other dudes are pretty tall, and traditionally taller players don't score well in fantasy. So Ham gets the vote for me just there. Thoughts on trading Walsh over Dersma or Drew, Mitchell asks. The Sam Walsh one is an interesting dilemma. Now, he is set to struggle in the next few weeks against Collingwood and GWS, and there's no guarantee he'll keep going up in price. And we do have to remember he is a rookie. So rookies are going to dish up these type of scores. Sam Walsh doesn't look like a rookie, I know, but Carlton doesn't have a hell of a lot around him to support him. He does have arguably the best player in the game in Paddy Cripps, but I think that Walsh is not capped out in price, but he's going to have his bad games. So trading him, I I totally understand. I still advise trading Dersmore or Drew over him because even though Walsh has struggled in inverted commas, he hasn't exactly fallen off the face of the earth like some of the other rookies that we have in our sides. There's definitely worse or more pressing needs to address. His worst score of the season is a 74, and he's only gone under 80 once. So for that reason, I think if you're tossing up between getting rid of Walsh, Dersma, or Drew. I'd get rid of Dersma first, and then Drew second, followed lastly by Sam Walsh. Roy O'Bannon asks, with Carlton this week and the run ahead, is bringing in both Pendles and Trelaw too ambitious? And to that, I say absolutely not. Scott Pendlebury is someone that, if I was getting a midfielder, honestly, I'd probably bring into my side this week. His average against Carlton is 116 from 11 games, so there's a pretty huge sample size there of what Pendles is capable of. And then... He's got a reasonable run into his buy with St. Kilda, Sydney, Fremantle, and Melbourne. All those teams, for the record, he averages over 100 against for his career, and three of those, or four of his next five games are at the MCG. And I've already given Trelaw a pump up, so I definitely give bringing in Pendles and Trelaw the tick of approval this week. A few Instagram questions before I wrap this thing up. Jamie asks whether it's worth holding Fiorini, who I didn't really talk about, but he's out injured for the Suns. You've got to get rid of him. There's no guarantees. Again, injuries, an injured player has to go. It's that simple. I know it was a nice gamble. Didn't really work out. Trade him to something else. Cut your losses. And finally, Antonio asked the big question that I'll give a one-word answer to, and this will wrap up the podcast. To trade or not trade Dangerfield? And I say no. And that's going to do it. Make sure you check out the new Sports by Fry article. I'm going to point out a few pods 
this week that you could bring into your side, or at least to keep an eye on, players of difference, that is, who have under 10% ownership. And I'll release my rookie rankings for who you should play on your field this week ahead of lockout once the Sunday teams have been confirmed. I do like the looks of uh, Willem Drew and Sydney Stack, especially Stack against Freo. But like I said, that's going to do. Thank you for tuning in. Good luck in round eight. Until next time, peace. Peace.